Today is the feast of the Lord, the giver of life, and churches, our churches all throughout the world will proclaim that all life is sacred. And Jesus says in John's gospel, uh, and he speaks of, I've come that you may have life and have it what? More abundantly. And the more abundant life means to have a life of superabundance. It's this superabundant life that God wants to give to us. And that abundant life refers to a life that's abounding in the fullness of God. That's what it's about. That's, is my life abounding in the fullness of of God, not in some of God, not in part of God, but do, does my life abound in his fullness? Is it abundant? Is my life abundant in a relationship with who he is? That's what he calls us to. And that abounding fullness of joy that we would have and, and strength for our spirit, for our soul, and for our body, that's what he's talking about when it comes to this understanding of this abundant life. So that leads us to that question, what does that mean to us? What, what does the abundant life mean? And the abundant life, what it means is that we're encountering a profound love of the Father. That's the abundant life. You encountered a love unlike any love you've ever encountered before. A love that's radically transformed your life, an abounding love. This abundance that God, do you know God never runs out of anything? It's abundant. He's not worried. He shaped it, he formed it, he created it, and there's this abundance he wants to bring into our life. And love is not just something that we feel. It's something that when we encounter it, we're moved by his love for us to love others. That's, that's what happens. That's what transformed us. And God is love, and his love for us is profound, and his love for us is perfect. It's a perfect love. And when we encounter God's amazing love for us, we understand it's his love that forgives us. It's his love that heals us. It's his love that renews us. And it's his love that transforms our very lives. Amen. That's what we encounter. So what we've done is on this feast day that we celebrate, a Lord giver of life, about that abundant life in ways that we make his love known or what a message about that abundant life is, what we put together is a little documentary that we're going to watch together this morning about what God's love looks like outwardly. It's, it's about God's love in action and how God's love moved in these two families' lives between foster care and adoption and how important it is that we would look at this and really what intercessors' life stories are all about. So hear the gospel through these two messages. Pay attention to the screens. For me, because I am, like, when I was in foster care, I was a teenager at this time. So it was very different than young kids who don't really understand it. So for me, it, like, was amazing to think that I would have parents at the end of the process. And with my parents now, I did always um, live with them. So it, it wasn't like it was, like, a short process where we lived for one year and then got adopted the next. It was, like, 
over the span of a couple of years. In every possible aspect, Jennifer is my daughter. Not adopted daughter, not step, nothing. So no matter what happens in the future, good or bad, she's my daughter, I'm her dad. And we just gonna go forward with that. It didn't matter, it didn't start traditionally. It's just how it's going to be. Sandra and I have been talking a long time about what it was to, what it was to be pro-life. And it wasn't, we, do, we gave our funds to CEC for life and we had done a little bit of protest and walk, but we just really got convicted that that's just kind of, it was just kind of the ritual. We were going through the motions and that wasn't where our heart was. And we also got convicted that missions to Africa and South America are real and important, but missions in Nassau County is what's really important. And so we thought, like, there are children right here in our neighborhood that could use homes. And we just started getting in the process of talking to the Nassau County Department of Social Services. How does this work? What does it look like? And started asking those questions and we realized that we could make a change here to a child that maybe had no future or a hard future that we could actually give them a future and one of the things that was a real comfort was because as soon as you make that decision you start feeling inadequate and it's too hard and I'm too old and not enough money and we don't have any extra bedrooms and there's all these reasons and my mom just kind of like slapped me like you slap a dog with a leash and said, John, the only reason, the only thing you have to do as a parent is provide a safe and stable home. It can be safe and stable and poor, it can be safe and stable and rich, but it has to be safe and stable. And then, it, then that's all you got to do. That's all you have to do. And once I realized that's all we had to do, I realized that is all we had to do. We can do that we can provide a safe and stable home. And so we chose just to live our life and paint outside the lines and start another family in our 50s. Best decision we ever made. One of the things a lot of people don't realize about foster care and a lot of the baggage we brought to it was it's a government agency, it's bureaucratic, and there are parts of it that are in there. You have to, there's a lot of forms, a lot of paperwork. But there's some amazing people that work there that want the best for the children and want the best for us. And also, there's an enormous amount of support. Every single question about school, about learning disabilities, about how do we do things, they had answers for everything. They had done this a thousand times. You know, a lot of there's a lot of stories about foster care that aren't so good, so it's very hard to say to someone, if you just meet them and you know that they went through foster care, that, you know, you're okay, you can get through this. Because sometimes they don't really want to hear that. Um, but as my advice, it would sort of be that think of, like, one day at a time. Adopting children in order to make the parents feel good is never the plan. I need to be fulfilled by having children is not the plan. Because children take. They just take, and that's their nature. And they take a lot, 
and when you're starting midstream when they're 14 and 6 and it's hard and they take a lot of love and a lot of patience but what I learned and God has showed me is the more love that you provide there's more that you're given the softer your heart becomes the more patience that you give the more patience there is given and I don't know what type of person I would be if I hadn't adopted them certainly less patience certainly less loving so why would I ever give that up I mean it was the blessing actually by learning to love and persevere through some of the tough times and there are difficult times because you're starting mid-stride you, you don't know why everything's happening it was totally worth it <laughs> the very first time Jennifer and Jason came to live with us was the day before Thanksgiving <laughs> we had everything Thanksgiving set up we had everything go through and the norovirus walked through <laughs> The entire family for three days and our, and our house guests. And we were all so sick and it was such an unspecial moment <laughs> that it was a chance to break down all the barriers, all the walls, we were, no one could put on a facade, we were all real. But at the end of the weekend, we were a family. There was no <laughs> dignity, no dignity left, just us, you know. Most people don't know that there are children out there in the foster care system that need homes and need families, especially older children. You know, some people don't realize that you can adopt a newborn from foster care. I became, before I even met Joe, um, I got a job in a foster care agency working as a um, what you would call a professional witness, so to speak. I was there for two months and I became the supervisor because my supervisor gave birth to twins. And I was fortunate to have a master's degree. So I got the position. After being there for two years, maybe a little bit more, um, I switched agencies and I became a supervisor in direct foster care because I needed to get back to hands-on and working with people again. Every kind of kid you can imagine. Every kind, I mean, sometimes they were from, um, you know, lower income. Sometimes they were from middle-class income. Sometimes they were from other countries and their culture wasn't the same as the American culture, but they were held to the same standards as the American culture. And that was sometimes very different. I did have an experience with one parent while I was pregnant, 
where we had to inform her that the plan for their child was changing from return to parent to termination of parental rights. And she didn't take that very well. So she decided to push me up against the wall. And everyone was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I understood. She didn't hurt me. I was fine. She got angry. You know what, if you told me you were gonna take my child away, I'd be angry. You know, because working in the system, I saw both sides. I saw the parent side, and I saw the child side. And I, I always see where, you know, adoption sometimes is the best answer. You know, sometimes it's not. It's, it's, it's really very complicated, and I don't think there's any one best answer that fits all. Frankie was four years old when we decided to become foster parents. Um, I couldn't have another child after Frankie. I knew I wanted to adopt before I got married. So, and I knew the system of foster care. To me, it was, you know, God, God's plan put it all, it all came together. So I just followed the directions that I saw in front of me. And I'm very fortunate that my husband was on board. You know, what I took for granted in myself was that I didn't care where a child came from. The child could come from out of a garbage can. I could love it. I would love it. I did love them, which is why when they left, when they stayed for a while, it hurt. It does not take a long time to fall in love with a child at all. Um, but Jessica was lucky number seven. That's what we call her because, you know, she loved the Dalmatians movie and there was lucky number seven and she was our number seven child. And she was the one, you know, that God ordained that we get to keep. The process was long, hard, and easy all at the same time. What was long was that we became foster parents with the reason to adopt. And it took us six years from the day we started before we could, before, not before we could, but before we got, received the child in our home that we would adopt. And then once we, she came into our home, it was two years before we could adopt her because that's how long the termination of parental rights process was. So she came into our home from birth at 13 days old but we didn't have the ability to adopt her until two and a half years later. So that process was very difficult. Um, and the only thing that made it possible to tolerate was that I knew what was going on. Because I knew what was going on, we were able to be in the courtroom and participate, and we had faith. Well. 
To me, it was very important all along that Jessica know that she was adopted. And I never really knew how to tell her or when to tell her or how to handle that. But I knew it was important that she know. I mean, clearly her brother knew she was adopted because he'd been through all the kids coming in and out. So it really all just happened in stages. And honestly, I flew by the seat of my pants. So I'm driving in the car with her in the back seat. And she says, Mommy, what was it like when I was growing in your belly? And I just, without thinking, I just said, Honey, you weren't in my belly. Well, how come? Well, because Mommy's belly was broken. And it was God's plan that you be born from another woman's belly and then come to mommy or then come to us or however I said it. And she said, okay. And that was it. So the way I told her was I answered the question she asked at an age appropriate level and I didn't go any further. And as she got older, I gave her more information, again, at the level she could handle it. And now, at 21, soon to be 22 years old, she unknows her story, and she has heard it. One of the things that God has revealed to me through the growing of my family is that family is not created or defined by blood. Family can also be de defined by choice. And whether that's by choice through adoption or by choice of taking someone into your home that needs love and attention. So if you don't have a family, a way, the way the world defines it, that doesn't mean you don't have a family. Who's my father? God. My advice to anyone who wants to adopt is give it a lot of prayer. Speak with people that have been through it. Don't be afraid. And listen to your gut and you'll know what you're supposed to do. Don't do it because you want to save the world. Do it because you hear God calling you to save the life of one child. Don't do it to fill a need in yourself because that's not how you fill your needs. God fills your needs. Ask him how you can help somebody else. Special thank you to uh, the Garrett family, to Fira family, and just sharing their, their, their gospel message of life and how God called them to those places. And so, too, that we're reminded of this abundant love that God has for us, but in a love that we're called to share with others. And, and God redefines what family looks like for us in our relationship with him. We're all adopted and heirs of his kingdom. Yeah. And we're called to that place. And what changes a heart 
and transforms a life is an encounter of that abundant love and that love that he has for us and the love that comes from the Father. And how important as the church that we proclaim that all life is sacred, not just in our words, but in how we love others. So if you have any questions regarding what you watched today and those life stories, we have an email that's going to come up right now, and it's welcome at intercessorychurch.com, or you need counsel or direction or any of those things, we want to help you with that. So you can make contact through that email and that we can continue to get you uh, any information that you might be looking for, things that you might be praying through, but what a beautiful picture of that gospel message of how we live our lives outwardly and reflect that a life is sacred on how we love others. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are the giver of life. And Lord, we thank you that we know that you don't just give us life, you give us an abundant life, Lord, and you promise an eternal life when we turn from our sins. Lord, for some of us, maybe we need to renew our lives in you to get that peace in our hearts and minds. But for some of us, we have to make a decision to follow you, to walk in that goodness of who you are. So if you're here in person, you're watching online, there's a decision you need to make in your life. Is he God or am I God? And if he's God, I have to surrender my will for his will to invite that in. And by grace through faith, we encounter this incredible love of who he is and a promise of an eternal life. But it's a decision that we have to make. It's our free will to choose to receive that love or reject that love. And if you don't know him that way, I want to give you a moment right now. Or if you know him that way, you need to renew that moment right now. I want to pray with you. So just repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person you want me to be. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you pray with me, the most important thing that you need to do is tell someone else. So we begin to walk in this renewed relationship. In person, you can tell one of the hosts on your way through. You can meet at a kiosk online. You can click a button right now, and someone will come alongside of you as a host to get you some information and begin to walk out in the fullness of God's purpose and plan for your life. Amen? Peace of the Lord be with you.